Hello, welcome back to another episode of Sippin' Saints. I'm Zach. I'm Abel. I'm Rachel. Yep, today we have a guest with us. Uh, two of our regulars are out on uh, getting some rest or attending to other things. Mm-hmm. So we've invited Rachel to come on the podcast with us. Rachel, how about you uh, introduce yourself Sweet. to our guests? I'm Rachel. I go to New Life Lincoln Park. Um, I work here at New Life. I'm the communications manager. Um, and almost done with my first year working here. Nice, nice. And you graduated from the Moody Bible Institute, nice. <laughs> the, which we all are graduates. We're all alumni. It's Moody, Moody, Moody Couch today. 2018, um, 2019, 2019, 20, 2023. 2023. Yeah, like oh, just nice. now. Very cool. Hey, very nice. Congrats. Uh, let's take a moment and talk about what we're sipping on. Oh, I like that because this is sipping saints after all. Yep. Um, I. Am sipping on Spindrift sparkling water lime flavor. Not a big fan of it. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I do like sparkling water. Yeah, me too. Um, I also like sparkling juice. Um, okay, like a Celsius. I think that's like a. That's more of an energy bubbly? drink, I guess. No, bubbly's water. Yeah, there's something Izzy. Izzy's. Like oh, Izzy. Yes. You know? Um, but today it's it's the lime spin drift and it's it's so 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 so. Uh, I'm drinking just some Keurig coffee. Um, yeah, nothing nothing too crazy. Some half and half in there. Mm. Pretty my morning cup of coffee. It's the same thing I drink every single morning when I get to here to the office. So yeah, I'm sipping on nothing. Um, mm. What well, was not informed of this like five minutes before, and my coffee was gone. Uh, <laughs> you that's fair. Get, yeah, telling us like that. Yeah, jeez, exposing us. <laughs> Gladly. <laughs> um, okay, so today we are going to talk about a topic that I think is um, pretty prevalent in every single person's life if you um, are above the age of five. And so we're going to be talking about failure. The right? F word. The F word. <laughs> Failure. <laughs> Talking about failure um, and just what failure, you know, means to us personally, but what it means to like anybody going, maybe you're in a season right now where um, you're going through some sort of failure or you've been in a season or you're going to go through a season eventually. Um, you know, it happens. It's part of life. It's part <clears throat> of growing. Um, and that's the important part, I think, at least for me. I mean, I think of like the first example that comes to my head when I think of failure immediately for whatever reason is like muscle failure and when you're when you're working out like muscle failure is like a term very very adamant right it's a very uh, popular term in i guess the lifting community and that's basically if you're not familiar with that you know you lift until you your muscles basically fail where you just can't do the rep anymore and that's when they say that you're actually that's when they say your muscle actually starts to grow is when you're stepping into the territory of muscle failure which makes sense because what's happening is that your muscles is like, it's getting torn apart, right? When you're working out, it's getting torn apart. And when you get to that moment of failure and you can't do it anymore, then it's like, you're like, okay, I- I'm done. But that's when your muscle is actually grown. Like for me, when I think about it, like that can translate to life, right? Like it, like life is easy that you're doing the reps are good. And then you get to a moment where it starts to get tough. And that's where growth can really start to come in, depending on how, how you view it and your perspective on failure um but i'm curious do you guys have any like personal examples of of a moment in your life where you went through something you failed a test or um you failed something and uh, you grew from it you learned from it and uh you're different now because of it i'll go first for this one go for it 
I'm think I did student government while I was at Moody, so I was the vice president. And mm-hmm. so in my first year, it was the second semester. I was just so burnt out. I was like, I'm tired of doing this. I was ready to quit. But the person that I was going with, he was such a great encourager. He encouraged me to not quit. So I <laughs> decided in my brain that this was a great idea mm. to be horrible at my job to where he had no choice but to fire me and to ultimately, I chose to fail. Mm. Um, but I had such a great support system around me. They were like, what's going on with you and they kind of in a sense let me fail gracefully of like you just need a break we are gonna help you like that was like a character defining moment of like i can't just give up on something Mm. and i learned a lot for like that next year that i went into it but yeah that was that's what i kind of think of yeah no that's good yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely gonna like that's definitely a moment in your life where you're gonna really learn that okay i can't just give up because something becomes hard right yeah and it's gonna yeah, hopefully strengthen you and strengthen your work ethic and strengthen, you know, the endurance and perseverance that mm-hmm. you got to go through when yeah. it comes to failing. How How is it for you to kind of like realize the like failure in mm-hmm. the moment? It didn't, I did not like it. I am a type A. I want to get everything done the right way. Mm-hmm. You know, the first few tries, I'm not stuck on the first try. But if I know something's going south, I get really discouraged. I get really bummed out. It sends me into not a good place because mm-hmm. I want what I do to have a good rep to it. And then what was happening at the moment was not getting a good rep. Um, mm-hmm. And so it just kind of killed me. Um, I kind of quit. Like I took it out on everyone. Like I quit talking to certain people. I became a jerk to some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my friends noticed it. They're amazing. So they called me out and I was like, oh, yep, you're right. Just give me some space. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was going on in your head? Like, what were some of the emotions that you were feeling during uh, that season? I tuned out my emotions. Mm. I, like, just okay. turned them off. Yeah. I said I didn't want to think about it. I wanted to get my work done, my schoolwork. I didn't care about anything else. And I wanted to go hide somewhere. Like, I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to let people know that I was hurting. Because I saw myself as a, like, stronghold mm. of, like, you cannot knock me over. I'm invincible. But this showed that I'm not invincible, so it yeah. showed me very vul- as a very vulnerable person. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Yeah, you know, I, I can definitely relate to that. There was a moment, um, probably a couple years ago now. Um, it was probably like my, I had it been my ninth or tenth time ever preaching a sermon or a message, and you know, preaching is hard because like you're. It's almost like I, I'm assuming it's probably very similar to what artists or musicians experience when they're putting out like their craft for the first time or you know they're showing someone a song or a painting or drawing for the first time and you don't know how people are going to react to it right and that's kind of like the risk in it well this you know this particular time i was teaching at a youth group and i just felt like i did terrible like i felt like this is the worst message ever i need to quit i need to never do this again like god you definitely have not called me to do this and I was just beating myself up. Like, and even in like the moment as I was teaching, I remember when like that switch happened and that I felt like I was just failing in this message. And uh, and it's funny because like no one else can tell you're failing really unless you start to like apologize mm-hmm. in the middle of your sermon because you feel like you're doing a bad job, but no one can really tell. Like mm-hmm. they're not reading your notes with you. They're just, you know, they're listening to what you're saying and they're taking it in. So I can, I remember just like beating myself up and, and and then getting off the stage and like kind of just like moving away from everybody not wanting to be around people because i didn't want to hear what what i thought they were saying and yeah and 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 then i went to to eat after with some of the team uh we went to culver's after to eat um 
And I remember, you know, like I apologized for like preaching a bad message and they were like, you know, very comforting, very encouraging. Um, and, but that, that right there taught me that like failure is an opportunity to grow. Like you were saying, Rachel, like it, you can take those moments and you can continue to beat yourself up about it and you can hide, which is very, it's like the normal thing to do, right? It's like what we like want to do is just hide and, and not address our failure, not learn from it. Cause that's the hard thing to do is to address it, to learn from it, to grow from it. But, um, yeah. So in that moment, I, I like made a commitment to myself. I'm like, okay, like anytime I fail, whether it's preaching a message, maybe for you, it's something else. Maybe for you, it's, you know, uh, something work related or personal or relationship related. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is, like making the commitment to use this as, a, as an opportunity to grow. Yeah, for sure. No matter how, how, uh, rock bottom you feel, no matter how, um, you know, isolated you want to get, like, how do I use this opportunity to grow? Um, and to know that there is grace, that there is mercy, there's compassion. And, um, you know, I'm not expected to, to, to be this perfect Mm -hmm. vessel. Right. So yeah, I, I really made a commitment in that moment to, uh, to grow and to use failure as an opportunity to learn from from this experience and to apply it to my life in some capacity. How about you, Zach? Some uh, you got a failure story? Yeah, I'll just mention two real quick. But just because your your example, yeah, just reminds me of my constant failure, <laughs> which sounds really what? depressing. Um, <laughs> I promise it's not as depressing as it sounds. <laughs> um, but just like there's a lot of, there are many times that I have failed mm. um, at something. And mm. so, so um, Abel and I both work with youth and our, um, you know, uh, do past uh, youth ministry and, mm. and things like that. So we're constantly involved with like, coming up with ideas of, you know, how can we uh, build these relationships with students? How can we care for them? How can we serve them? Things like that, Um, along with the leaders on the team. And my experience in ministry has been, there's just like constant things that just fail. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't work the way you thought they were going to work. Things don't go out the way, like you're talking about this message. And I can just think of so many times that I'm like, man, that message, I, you know, should have spent more time preparing it mm. or oh that didn't come out how i thought it would or yeah. wow i went i went way over time and <laughs> yeah. now all the kids are like their eyes are glazed over or you know yeah. whatever it is you yeah. know so there's so many or or something more simple like i failed to um make that student feel welcome even though i know i should have gone out of my way mm. to do it you know it's like mm-hmm. i failed to connect in a way that i knew or i failed to act on a, a, a thought a, a, a prompting by the spirit at times that I, sh- that I should have mm-hmm. followed, you know? So mm-hmm. for me, failure is just like so much, you know, last episode we talked about change and how change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. I feel like failure is also one of those things that, you know, we are uh, um, bound to fail at some point yeah. in some way. And so if we, if we are afraid of failure and constantly running away from it, then, we will find ourselves in a place where we, um, you know, are pushing away an essential part of life that, yeah. as you say, leads to growth, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
So a, a large part of failure for me is like changing the mindset around failure. And you'll hear so many people in, uh, you know, in the world, so many leaders and people talk about how failure is an opportunity to grow. And, but you, yeah. it, it's essential to embrace that as a mindset yeah. so that when you do fail, instead of beating yourself constantly up mm. about it, which yeah. is typically what happens, yeah. we can say, okay, we can take a moment to think through, okay, what contributed to this failure and what can come out of it? Yeah. Um, one, one thing I've noticed, and this is a common theme mm. in our stories, is um, the, the tendency to want to hide yeah. um, mm-hmm. or to close in on ourselves yeah. in failure. So here's a, a, just a, one recent failure that happened last week. I won't go into cool. details, but so I was in a car accident last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first car accident is my fault. <laughs> um, no one was hurt. Good, um, good. No one was hurt, so that that's okay. But what I realized is immediately there was this experience of shame that mm. came with it. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that the like the sitting in the reality of the failure, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and the mess that it made. Literally a mess, <laughs> yeah. um, a public mess. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, okay, so this happened. I got out of the car. I was you know figuring things out on the side of the road, stuff like that, and um. There are two funny things. One, it was right outside of um, of like an apartment complex, basically, that my friends lived uh, outside of. Like, I could see their balcony. Oh. From, were they there? They were. I think they may have been inside. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But I was the whole time I was thinking, please let them not come out and see me down here mm. in, in my mess. shame, in yeah. my mess, in my failure. Yeah. And I was just like, please let no one come. Also, while thinking in the back of my head, you know, if I was counseling someone, if someone had come to me in this, I would say like, oh, please, you need to reach out in these moments. Yeah. But I was in that moment saying, I need to hide. No one, please, no one see me. Yep. Another funny thing where there's these like three little girls, like four or five years old who were like walking home from school with their mom and they saw this mess and they're just like, whoa, look at this. (laughs) Look at what (laughs) happened. That was a big impact. Like all this stuff. And I was like, like, kids say the darnest things. (laughs) Like kids, please. You're just like rubbing it in. Yeah. Um, It was actually pretty adorable. They ended up talking to me and they're like, Mm -hmm. was this your car? I was like, yeah, I was able to kind of talk to them. It was adorable. But um, the car that got hit, that was my car. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Gonna lie to their face. Come on. Yeah. But so, but just that um, experience of embarrassment and shame really stood out to me. Yeah. um, As thing, because, you know, it's like my car is whatever. It's the material possession. It can be fixed or replaced. Like no one was hurt. That's a beautiful thing. Yes. So really what, what I came away with was not um, was not so much like oh my gosh I can't believe I lost this car whatever but like oh my gosh I'm feeling shame and I see myself running like trying to hide yeah mm-hmm. and so hesitant to tell people about it and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and so um, what do you do so what do you do with that I'm sorry did, I didn't mean to cut you off okay that, yeah. what do you do with like the shame part because I think that's like like, like if you're right, if you're listening to this, you're a follower of Jesus, um, you're committed, right? I still can't help but to feel shame at times. Yeah. When when I fail, right? Yeah. A habit that I've made, like when I like, most definitely like mess up, and it seems to be like a daily thing. Mm-hmm. It's just like, do I choose to address this now, or do I put this back on my shoulders for me to deal with, or do I listen to what Christ said? He's like, I will make your yoke easy. Just 
give it to me like mm-hmm. i will address it i'm the one that made you perfect i made you clean mm. um so at that point it's a matter it's my choice mm. yeah yeah so you you ch- actively choose i'm gonna give this i'm gonna give this a god mm-hmm. i'm gonna give this a god sometimes i will admit i don't and yeah. then it's, i get humbled even more than what i wanted to be yeah. if i just gave it to him in the moment right mm-hmm. right no that makes sense what, what does it look like to like give it to god like what what does that mean for you i there's like it has to be like a whole setting like i have to like be in my room alone and just kind of like just dead silence like just thinking through like every moment it's like backtracking mm-hmm. the moments like i didn't have to do this choice but i made this choice right um it's like retracing your steps when you lost something so mm-hmm. i lost kind mm-hmm. of making the right choice or having that ability i like that a lot yeah but it's like acknowledging like where I messed up and being yeah. like mm-hmm. fully vulnerable of God, this is yours now. This is what I did wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. Please take this away from me. Yep. Yeah. That I like that that analogy of retracing your steps like you lost something because it does feel like that. Like you, you failed. Part of yourself. A little yeah. Bit. You're like in this grieving grieving state of like, dang, like you know I, you know, I, you know I failed. I messed up. I like. Why, like what led me to that point right and i think that like is something that a lot of people if not everyone can mm-hmm. relate to like yeah. and it could be something super small or like you had to change an atmosphere and it could be everything mm-hmm. and it could be totally wrong for you but you're not realizing it yeah yeah mm-hmm. what do you do with like that those moments like the shame comes the the for me it's like the beating yourself up mm-hmm. like you know just the constant beating like i don't deserve the same grace that i preach about right you know yeah yeah i i think that's a really great thing to there's there's some failure where um i mean there are even different kinds of failures like sometimes failure comes from something you've done like it's you are at fault for your failure Mm -hmm. there's some things where um the failure is kind of out of your hands to the circumstances or something that happened. Mm-hmm. And then in each of those, there's the, there's the, the heaping on of shame, the beating ourselves, even if it's our fault, sometimes we take it too far and the, the beating ourselves up kind of idea. For sure. Um, I think the whole, but I think it is really important to take time and say like, Hey, what in to clarify, what in this situation, um, did I actually have a hand in? What could I have changed? Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of thing. And to say, and to learn that's, I think that's where, some growth comes from and saying mm-hmm. next time, um, you know, I can think this way or whatever, yeah. just acknowledging, acknowledging your, um, contribution to the yeah, failure definitely is but, important. Yeah. You're going to say something. Yeah, like, even if like, you had nothing to do with the failure, it is 100% between a relationship and you just get dragged into it. Mm-hmm. If you are feeling the impact of that failure, like take that moment to like, God, what are you teaching me in this moment? Mm-hmm. Like what, why am I going through these emotions? I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But it's like, God's like, nope, it is my time to refine you. I'm going to sharpen you. Mm-hmm. And it's for my glory at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's good also because when the failure is out of your hands, um, it's good to process it and to clarify that, you know, mm-hmm. and to say this was not in my hands. And just to like think through that clearly, where, where is it at? And then I think um, with with the shame, it's so important to process it and to say, you know, First of all, why am I feeling the shame? What is this? Because you know, emotions are um, like uh, like warning lights in a vehicle, right? They they're mm-hmm. alerting you to mm-hmm. something that's happening mm-hmm. um, inside of you, and something that's deeper, right? Um, so, if you are feeling the emotion of shame, 
what was uh what is the part of you that has been hurt or that's being triggered that is re um resulting in shame hmm. so for example in this car accident that i was in um you know i you know pride myself on being a good driver and like being trustworthy and you know like having a good appearance you know on the outside so mm -hmm. this car accident uh kind of broke that facade mm -hmm. of perfection mm -hmm. and um revealed like hey zach you're not perfect hey zach you made a mistake hey zach yeah. you can't blame this on anyone it's yeah. all on you yeah um and um so realizing that that's where the shame came from is my like attachment to doing things right hmm. and doing things well um, helps me to realize, Zach, it's okay to admit that you are imperfect. That doesn't mean that you are um, a failure yourself. It means that you have um, made a mistake, hmm. you know? And so I think that, that, that clarifying piece of realizing what is your shame pointing you to in yourself that is being... Um, threatened yeah um and sometimes those are very unhealthy things in us that mm. get triggered you know mm. um and then the last thing i would say is when shame comes to just like yeah just rest in the truth of what god says i think of that that old hill song song um uh oh, i forget what it's called but it's it says a thousand times i've failed so your mercy remains still your mercy still remains your mercy remains Mm. I don't think I've heard song. that. Oh, yeah, you uh, have. Uh, the last thing you like to My Savior, he... Oh, no, that's a there different song. That's a different song. That's uh, My oh, Need to Save. Not... What's it called? Uh, um, Wait, how did it go again? A thousand times I've failed, so, so your, your mercy, mercy remains. remains. Should I stumble again, so I'm caught in your great everlasting. There it is. Your light will shine. Uh -huh. I have uh -huh. heard that song. Yeah, that's a great song. Give me the chorus, long. I'll know the rest. <laughs> um, I think that was... Yes, yeah, so that's how I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> but that that song, I don't know if there's a copyright involved with any with that singing <laughs> yeah. that song or anything. <laughs> yeah. Might have to cut that reference. Out. Yeah. Um. Uh. Anyways, the, <laughs> that idea that um you know the failure happens a thousand times, but the mercy remains. The 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 God is so constant in His like grace mm -hmm. and His comfort that however many times we fail, his mercy is there. The mercy that we sometimes don't give to ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's where, where the shame comes in. We are we are withholding mercy from ourselves. Mm -hmm. the, the mercy that God extends, we say, God, I think you're wrong to extend that to me. Mm. Um, and you're, we were like disallowing that to have its, have its way in us. Yeah. And so I think realizing that and saying like, you know, God works through our failures god works in and around and above our failures to bring goodness and beauty and and strength and grace out of it and um, god is so much bigger than any failed message i ever preached than any failed project i ever fall short of any failed relationship um that i have caused pain in any um, you know way that i have failed god is bigger and brings um beauty out of out of failure um he turns mm -hmm. that um, that failure into an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. So that's I think yeah. that's a way to fight shame and realizing like you are probably the only one holding that against yourself. Um, mm -hmm. Even if other people are holding it against you, the the Lord is someone who is it does not look on you with shame. Mm -hmm. um, God doesn't look on you with shame. Yeah.
Yeah, and even knowing that, like, if you're if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, and like, I think one of the truths that give me comfort in moments like that is Christ still died for me, knowing that this was going to happen in my life, mm-hmm. knowing that I was going to mess up in this way, knowing that I was going to fail this person, knowing that I was going to, you know, uh, uh, fail in this way. He still died for us and for me and uh, will- willingly knowing that, yeah. right? Because God's all knowing and uh, Jesus is 100% God. He He knows the future, every single person that he was dying for. He knows the heartache, the failures, the mistakes, the sins, right, that he was dying for and still willingly chose to do so. Yeah. And even with that, like, he's also not a God of abandonment at any mm. point. Like, you could do probably like, the worst thing you can think of. Mm. Bring it to him. He's going to be there. And that's all. He's like, bring it to me. That's yeah. all I want. I want this from you. Yeah. Yeah. And even in that, like, bringing it to him, like, I was listening to a, a podcast, these, these two pastors talking about wilderness seasons. And the, specifically, they were talking about um, the Israelites and when they escape from Egypt and the Lord brings them out of Egypt into the wilderness. And, you know, they're in just this season for 40 years, 40 years um, of heartache. And like, even to the point where like, we should just go back to Egypt, like where we were slaves. And, um, these, these pastors are talking about the, the wilderness seasons in our lives where, you know, the Lord brings us to the wilderness to do something in us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times that could come from a self-inflicted mistake or sin that we committed or failure that we committed. Or sometimes it's an, um, a consequence of, an, you know, another thing that's outside of our control. But either way, we're brought into the seasons of wilderness where we're experiencing these, you know, just just a a season of trial of what feels like dryness, what feels like just, I brought this upon myself. Um, but I think the best thing that you can do from my personal experience and, and being in, in, in those seasons myself is like, how do I grow and how do I, what is the Lord trying to teach me even in the midst of this season? Mm-hmm. Like, let me put my shame to the side for a minute because my shame's just going to, encompass my thoughts and i'm just gonna continue to beat myself up let me put that to the side for a second and stop being so um focused on myself and let me focus with all my energy with all my might and focus on what god wants to teach me in this moment in this season in this wilderness mm-hmm. um i think the israelites had they you know i i don't want to assume but had they learned what they needed to learn sooner they might have not spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. Maybe, maybe not, maybe so, right? There's no way of telling. But um, my my thought process is I want to learn what God is trying to teach me as quickly as possible and as like deeply as possible, mm-hmm. right? I really wanted to, to impact my heart and, and, and penetrate the deepest parts of my heart because I, I want my heart to be transformed by whatever I'm going through. And I want from this season of, of, of shame or not shame, but season of, of wilderness to come out different than I came into it. Right. And, uh, and I might come out with a limp. I might come out hurting a little bit because of the scars that I have now, but I want to the best of my ability learn from this and what, what God is trying to teach me in this season. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thinking of examples from scripture of people mm. who have failed, um, my mind goes very quickly to Peter, mm. the apostle Peter, yeah. um, who like, man, the disciples, the, the, the authors of the new Testament just put Peter on blast constantly because <laughs> that dude failed over and over again. But in John 18, um, you know, and this happens in the other gospels as well. You can read the multiple accounts of it, but, <clears throat> In John 18, um, Peter, um, Jesus is on trial, mm-hmm. right? He's taken in this like illegal, um, unjust trial. And um, Peter wants to kind of be close to Jesus and see what happens. And all throughout, he's like told Jesus, like, if everyone else falls away, I will be faithful to you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will not fall away. Mm-hmm. He's like talking this big game. Um, but when he goes to this place and Jesus is on trial or is, is inside, um, he's approached by people in the courtyard and they ask, like, hey, aren't you with Jesus? Aren't you one of his followers? Um, you, you, you seem like one of them. And he, three times, uh, he denies any association with, like, nope. with Jesus. Even though when Jesus had said, you're going to die, deny me, he said, I'll never deny you. Yeah. So he denied him three times. He failed, right? This yep. is a big failure. Um, a failure to even associate with Jesus. Mm. And... Um, he he leaves weeping and you just imagine his brokenness this like mm-hmm. and and then seeing his friend um his savior jesus die on the cross right before he realizes this resurrection that's going to happen mm-hmm. just i just imagine the shame that that is you know expressed in that weeping that we mm-hmm. read about you know peter feeling so ashamed of his betrayal of jesus mm-hmm. um but that's not the end of the story for Peter because uh, in, in John 21, we see this, you know, after the resurrection of Jesus, he appears to his disciples yeah. and Peter has gone back to his old life. He's, he's fishing again. Mm. Um, and so he's out fishing with some of the other disciples and Jesus appears to them on the shore and Peter's just so excited. He just like dives into the water and swims to shore. He doesn't mm. wait for the boat to get there. Anyways, Jesus takes him off to the side and, you know, talks to him and asks him these three questions. Peter, do you love me? Hmm. Um, Peter says, yeah, I love you. Of course I love you. And he says, all right, then feed my sheep. Um, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. All right, feed my lambs. Hmm. Peter, do you love me? And Peter's like, why do you keep asking me this? Lord, you know that I love you. And he hmm. says, then feed my sheep. And so there's that, th- the, 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 he asked the question three times to Peter the same amount of times that he denies Jesus. And people talk about this as the restoration um, of Peter. Jesus takes this time after his resurrection to come to Peter in his shame, after his failure, in his brokenness and betrayal, and um, restores him to relationship with himself and says, hey, you're not too far from, from my love. You are not too far from this opportunity to be a part of what I'm doing. And Peter goes on to become what Jesus has planned for him to be the, the leader of this, this church that is growing Mm. um, under Jesus's care through Peter. And so, but I think there's this, this thing to realize where I don't think Peter would have been as good a leader as he was if he hadn't had experienced his failure Mm. and his restoration to Jesus yeah. after that failure. Like Peter as a leader after his failure would have is so different than 
the 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 Peter as a leader yeah. who had never experienced He's unapologetic mm-hmm. after. Right. And and I think that that makes all the difference. That shows us one that God that Jesus is a God who comes close to us in our brokenness and says, "Hey, I'm not done with you yet. Let's pick it up. Let's keep going. I have something to make of you." Mm. Um so Jesus is one who comes close to you and for us um that failure equips us and enables us to be someone who only those failures can make us into, mm-hmm. you know, that, that Jesus uses to make us into. So I take a lot of comfort in that story. Yeah. Um, seeing my own countless failures, mm. um, uh, I can relate to Peter, but just seeing that, that God who comes close to us, um, and doesn't run away when we're running away from ourselves. Yeah. I'm trying to hide a beautiful part about that story too, Peter's story is that, correct me if I'm wrong, but before Jesus even goes to, um, you know, before Passion Week and before, you know, everything happens with Jesus, he had called Peter to do this, right? Like you're going to be a a rock on which I build my church around, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I I love that because Jesus gives Peter a a calling, a, a purpose in life is, you know, obviously loves him and really is giving him direction for his life and what he, what he's going to become, even knowing, like Jesus already knew what Peter was going to go through, what he was, what that he was going to deny him three times, that, that he was going to go through that process of probably beating himself up and feeling the shame. And yet, but has already made the decision that you're going to be someone that I rely on in the future to build my church. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be so just encouraging to anyone who maybe you're in a season right now um, uh, of, of failure, right? You're feeling like you failed big time and the Lord has already has a plan for you and a purpose for you knowing your failures already, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's what I go back to too, the comforting of knowing that Jesus knew willingly who he was dying for, what he was dying for. He knew all our mistakes. He knew all of our victories and, and still chose to go through with the cross, mm. you know, and, and to, and to resurrect three days later, defeating sin and death. And so that's, yeah, it's a wonderful story. It's beautiful. It's encouraging. It, uh, it's medicine for the soul. For sure. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. You might be sitting in the, in the car wreckage <laughs> of your failure. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I was, um, and maybe that makes, maybe that makes you hesitant to mm. like, um, carry on in what you're doing or to take that step that you have wanted to take, or, mm. um, maybe you feel like you are not, no, you're not good enough because of your failure, mm. but yeah, let this be a a word that encourages you that God can, um, and does come close to you, is close to you now, calling you out of that shame, calling you out of that failure into growth, into mm. beauty, yeah, mm. for sure. into goodness. Um, before we wrap up, what if we, um, maybe you know give some uh, some steps or some practical advice Mm -hmm. if someone's right now in in a just a moment of their life where they're you know in the wreckage or in a down state um what are some things you would console them with what are some things you would encourage them with how would you help them uh look past just their immediate uh, situation yeah my first thing is like like I said before, backtracking, retracing your steps, but also finding someone walking alongside them, like asking like, where did you fail and what did you do? Like, 
Mm. You can't do this on your own. You're not going to give yourself your own advice because you can. It's going to be hard. It's going to take forever. But if you find someone that's gone through it, they're going to help you. They're going to show you grace. They're going to show you what it means to show yourself grace. Like we have the church community for a reason, mm. and that is to come alongside one another and sharpen one another mm. and to find someone in the midst of all your shame and failure. A, shows a lot of maturity, shows a lot of leadership for your own mistakes, so it could also show it for others. Yeah, ownership. Yeah, yeah ownership, leadership. Yeah, it's, it'll shape you a lot, develop your character. Yeah, mm. cool. How about you, Zach? Yeah, I, I, I endorse that message. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, take time to process your emotions. Um, that's so important. Our emotions are an important part of who we are. Mm. And God wants to meet you and speak to you in uh, through those emotions in your processing. I'd also say, like, go to Scripture for comfort. Like, the Word of God is filled with failures. Um, mm. um, to clarify, the Word of God is filled with People who have failed. <laughs> Good clarification. Just to clarify. Yeah, yeah. So I don't get fired. Um, <laughs> Bye, Zach. <laughs> uh, you know, read the story of God's uh, masterpiece of creation, Adam and Eve, who failed to, um, you know, to care and keep the garden that God put under their care and brought pain into this world. You know, read the story of Abraham who risked. Um, the promise uh, that God had given him f- to to take care of himself, who risked the the his wife's life to um, protect his own. Read the story of Moses, who mm. killed a man and tried to bring about deliverance in his own way rather than the way that God had planned mm. for him. Read the story of the Israelites wandering yeah. in the wilderness because of their failure to trust the Lord, who had time and time again proven. Mm his faithfulness to them. Read the story of David, yeah. who the king of Israel, the one that we look to as like, you know, this this great person who failed over and over again and harmed the people around him, even his own family, yet who God still came and restored. Um, you know, read these stories and realize that the, the people that we look to as heroes of our faith are heroes not because they um, succeeded in everything they did, but because they failed constantly um, and then gave those failures to the Lord and said, you know, Lord, please make something of this. Lord, I trust in your faithfulness despite my brokenness. Yeah. And who owned up to their failures um, when it was their fault and said, Lord, would you forgive me for this? Yeah. Um, scripture is just a grand story of humanity's failure and God's faithfulness. Yeah. Um, and it's something that when we are in that shame, when we are beating ourselves up, we can comfort ourselves with, with, with knowing that that is the God who is close. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Those are incredible, incredible, um, powerful examples of, of yes, failure and God's miss God's faithfulness in the midst of failure. I would say ownership has been one that I've been learning and really been trying to like, um, embrace, mm-hmm. uh, reading this book called extreme ownership right now it's written by two navy seals and those guys like are the definition of ownership and owning up to their it's a a great book um but you know they talk about like um there's one particular story where they're in the middle of a of a battle and um there's a a miscommunication between teams navy seals and another team and there's actually friendly fire going on they thought they were shooting at enemies and they weren't. They were shooting at each other. And so 
when it came down to debrief the mission, thankfully no one was hurt in that particular mission. Um, but when it came down to debriefing and like what went wrong, the, the, the seal who wrote the book, I think he was one of the guys who's basically leading the mission, um, basically walked through how he took ownership of it. And so I think if you like, especially if you're in a in, in a failure where you committed the failure, like it was your fault, um, own it, like own it. And, and that's scary and, and, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's can be a little like traumatizing, honestly, but like owning that mistake and saying it was me, like I, I made the decision and it was wrong. Um, not only like speaks to your character and your leadership, but I think like the more you deny it, the more you prolong the growth process, the more you prolong the, the learning from this and the, how is God shaping me in this moment? The quicker you can own to it and not that you're like owning to it just because you're owning it, but you've thought through it. You've retraced your steps. You know, you're seeking, you're seeking um, the Lord's grace and mercy in it. And then you're owning it as well. I think it's a powerful, that's a powerful combination of like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm, I see, I see, I see what happened. And how do I now learn from this and grow from this? Yeah. Second one is like, I don't know, like counseling is awesome. You know, yeah. see, see a counselor, right? Talk, talk about it with someone who's a professional uh, in the mental health area and mm -hmm. that can help you walk through, you know, some, n not even just like coping, but like what led you to that point. Right. Yeah. I think that's a, it's a very practical, uh, resource and tool that a lot of people don't take advantage of and you definitely should. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts on failure and any last encouraging words? Um, as you were talking about that, yeah. if you want to read a, mm -hmm. a an example of extreme ownership mm. in um in scripture you can read sec i think it's second samuel 11 and 12 the mm. story of david and bathsheba mm. and uh the king gets confronted by the prophet king david uh king david gets confronted by the the prophet and um this big problem this terrible thing that david did and he's just like straight up confronted mm. to his face and he could have done so as king he could have done so much in that moment with mm. the power that he had but instead he said yeah that was me like woe is me he mm. repented and yeah. he acknowledged it so um that's a good example of extreme ownership but yeah. but um yeah i just encourage you to like yeah really process i think we've already said it i just mm -hmm. definitely like counseling is a beautiful important thing mm -hmm. having a mentor you could go to even if you don't have a mentor just seeking someone out that you could share with um in church come to a new life location there are plenty of people who will love you mm -hmm. um and yeah don't don't carry your failure alone but see the ways that god um uh brings growth out of it yeah most mm -hmm. definitely well, hey, I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope you enjoyed the conversation on failure. Hope it's edifying and it helps you out if you're in that moment. Um, real quickly, just to close this out, I want to pray this out and pray for everyone maybe who's just in this season right now where it feels overbearing. Um, want to pray for just encouragement, love, peace, joy over your life. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this morning and just being able to have this conversation, God. Um, thank you that you are faithful, even in the midst of our failures, uh, when we mess up, Lord, when 
Uh, we make mistakes, God. You are you're there, your presence. God, you're ready to show grace. Lord, your your word says that you are slow to anger and, and quick to be compassionate, quick to show kindness, quick to be uh to be loving towards us, God. And so, Lord, we, we pray, Lord, as um we have friends and families who are in this season of um, maybe feeling like they're in a little bit of a wreckage, God, I pray that you would give them peace. You would comfort them, Father, that you would help them, give them the tools, the resources that they need to continue to grow and get through this, Lord. Um, but Lord, ultimately, Lord, would you use this um, to grow them closer to you, um, to grow them in their sanctification process, their, the process of becoming more like you. Uh, would you just grow them, um, show them um, grace and mercy, Lord? Would you cover them in your love, Father? Would you shower them um, in your presence, God? Would they just feel a, a peace that is supernatural, supernatural that is way above our our understanding right now, God? Uh, Lord, we lift up a special request for all of our brothers and sisters, our friends and families who are in these moments, Lord. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We'll see you next time. Keep on sipping. Keep on sipping.